Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. And Sarah, I think our uh, boss asked us to read a classified ad for a new House Stuff Works position, didn't he? Yeah, here it is. Wanted, young, skinny, wiry fellows not over 18 must be expert pony riders willing to risk death daily. Orphans preferred. Oh, wait. That doesn't sound right, does it? No, that's actually a different ad. It's for the Pony Express. It's a made-up one, just FYI, as often as it's been printed. Katie didn't make it up, though. (laughs) And in the days of email, Sarah and I constantly email each other, even though we sit in cubes right next to each other, we often hear laments about the death of the letter. And that's because, of course, letter writing is a very romantic type of pursuit and your letters can get lost and perilous things can happen as Romeo and Juliet could attest. But if you wanted to exchange messages in a fairly reliable way and do it quickly, there was a mail service in the 1800s that might have just worked for you. The Pony Express. And let's take a moment just to picture the life of a Pony Express rider. You're a young, determined guy, and you have a mission to traverse the wilds of the West at breakneck speed to deliver history-making news, like Abe Lincoln's inaugural address or the taking of Fort Sumter. You have a very long way to go, and on the way, you might run into disaster, terrible weather, an injury to you or your horse, hostile Indians, or thieves. 
But this mission is necessary. So let's talk about why. So we needed the Pony Express to connect the East Coast to California because California was quickly becoming a popular place to live. And with the gold and everything, it was... uh, You know, it's got lots of good natural resources. It's becoming a business destination as well. So having it stranded all the way out there on the West Coast is not good for California or for the people back on the East Coast. Right. As long as we can't communicate, they're just in complete isolation. Also, in the late 1850s, the rumblings of an impending civil war were felt, and the government felt it needed to be in contact with those far away, lest they accidentally get mixed up with the South, say, and lines of communication need to be open. So before the Pony Express, mail took a really, really long time to get to the West Coast, about three or four weeks, and the route was incredible sounding. It would go by steamship and then cross Panama on horses and by railroad and then come back up again by ship. So you can imagine what an effort to send one letter. And we do have a stagecoach system, but that took forever too. Forever is in 20 days forever. According to the National Postal Museum, the citizens of Los Angeles learned that California had been admitted to the Union six weeks after it happened. They were essentially cut off from the rest of the country, and we need to fix it, at which point enters Senator William M. Gwynn. And he's very attuned to the threat of a civil war. And so he suggests a new system, one that's going to be faster and better than the stagecoaches. And uh, the men behind the Pony Express are all businessmen with a lot of experience. And history sometimes paints them as these tricky villain types, but that's not exactly true. We've got William Hepburn Russell, who liked the finer things in life and was later embroiled in an embezzlement scandal, William Bradford Waddell, and Alexander Majors. And our businessmen already have a company that they can use to start up this service. Yeah, jumpstart from. Yeah, the Central Overland California and Pikes Peak Express Company, which we all have to admit isn't quite as catchy as the Pony Express. Doesn't have a good ring to it at all. And they figure that if there's a war, their services will be much more in demand and they can get rich. There's also this really lucrative government contract that they're hoping they can get. Whoever can set up a mail service and uh, take the business from the stagecoach guys is going to get a million dollars. And so our little group of businessmen desperately want that million. So now it's time to set up the Pony Express, see if they can win this contract. And they put their headquarters in St. Joseph, Missouri. The idea is to get mail all the way to Sacramento, covering Kansas and beyond. And the trail that their riders will follow will cover about 2,000 miles. And those 2,000 miles are going to be interspersed with somewhere between 160 and 190 stagecoach stations. And they're betting that the horses will need to be changed every 10 miles or so to stay really fresh and to keep up that pace that'll get the mail there fast. And of course, we'll need lots of personnel, including riders, station hands, and farriers. And perhaps we should mention that they need to set up this entire operation in two months. Which is uh, one of the first amazing (laughs) statistics about the Pony Express. A very tight deadline. 
So the official opening is on April 3rd, 1860, and the first trip west takes about 10 days, which is obviously a huge improvement over the uh, stagecoach route. And the rider is greeted by huge celebrating crowds. Everybody's glad. This is a new era in, in communication. And talking about our riders, Mark Twain called them the swift phantoms of the desert. There were about 500 horses that were part of the Pony Express and between 80 and 200 riders, depending on which account you're reading. The horses were very small and of different breeds, but they weren't actually ponies. That's not completely accurate. And the ad that we mentioned uh, wasn't actually ever circulated at the time of the Express, but it's true that they really did need light riders under 125 pounds or so because the horses are carrying mail and gear along with the rider, and they do have to be moving pretty quickly. The riders were paid $25 a week, which was a very handsome proposition, but it was well-deserved after a 125-mile ride. Often they were going 75 to 125 miles in one trip with no stops. And this wasn't an ambling sort of pace. They're riding really hard. But not actually galloping. I think we all imagine them racing at top speed across the West. But they're not galloping because that's a really good way to break a horse's leg on rough terrain. Um, but they had a lot of obstacles to avoid, too. Another <laughs> reason to not go at top speed, there were buffalo, like back when buffalo actually, actually roamed around. the West. And they had a lot of rules from this company. There was no swearing, which reminded us of our vaudevillians. I guess that means no son of a gun. No fighting, no drinking, and they handed a Bible to each of them, although supposedly those were later taken away to lighten the load further. Maybe take a pamphlet or something instead. (laughs) And there are disputes about whether they carry guns or not. But, I mean, how surprising would it be if you... If you've got all these dangers out on the road for them to be carrying You might a be tempted, yeah. And some other dangers were losing your trail when it was dark and traveling through snowstorms. They did have places to stay along the way, these home stations. Um, according to some accounts, they're absolutely disgusting. And according to others, they were pretty awesome. But part of our problem putting together a reliable story is that our Express founders weren't into writing memoirs of their business ventures, so it was left up to the public imagination to fill in the details. So in case you're wondering about how the actual transferring of the mail happened, they carried all the mail in a mochila, which was a type of leather saddlebag that could be really quickly switched from horse to horse when one rider rode into a station and either um, finished his run entirely or just switched horses. And um, it had all these different pockets in it, and some of them were locked up. They could, didn't you say they could only some be unlocked? Some could only be opened at military stations. Yeah, so maybe if you have a really top-secret government mm-hmm. document, you don't want it to get lost on the way. And um, they actually wrapped the letters in oil silk, so nothing bad would happen to them. And the backs also had a time card, just so you would know exactly <laughs> how fast the mail was getting there. So you better hurry up. It cost uh, five bucks to send a letter, so only the rich and important were sending mail, diplomats and bank officials, for example. And later, the price went down to a dollar for a half ounce, which was still pricey, but that's when the business was failing, which we'll discuss a little bit later. We do want to talk about some of the famous riders of the Pony Express. 
Probably the most famous is Robert Ponyboy Haslam, which is not, we're not talking about the outsiders here with Ponyboy. <laughs> and he's known for his 380 mile ride straight through, during which he comes across a station hand who's been murdered by Paiutes. And they'd also burned down the station. So I guess he was thinking he better just keep on going. <laughs> Facing imminent danger. He was fearless. And he also carried Lincoln's inaugural address 200 miles in just over eight hours after he'd been shot in the face with an arrow. Yeah, we're kind of imagining one of those fake arrow hats, but it must have been much more painful than that. Our next one is Buffalo Bill Cody, who is, of course, known for shooting a lot of buffalo, shooting a lot of everything, and setting up these Wild West shows. And he kept the Pony Express alive through his Wild West show, even though he was never actually a rider. You will always see his name connected to the Pony Express. And another one who's in the same league as Buffalo Bill is Wild Bill Hickok. And again, he may or may not have actually been a rider for the Pony Express, Probably not, but either way, he was very famous for it. And uh, again, for shooting people and, and gambling, gambling, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but nothing lasts, and neither did the Pony Express. After 18 months, it shut down in October 1861. And we should say that this whole thing was a financial disaster for our businessmen. They didn't make a penny. In fact, <laughs> they lost a lot of pennies, $200,000 worth of them. I wonder if they had insurance for this project, One too. would hope, but I think they went bankrupt. Um, well, and the second thing that ends the Pony Express, and I think we all know this, is that new technologies are on the way. We have a railroad that crosses the continent, and we have a telegraph system, which makes these reckless, expensive rides absolutely unnecessary. So how did the Pony Express do, all in all? It lost money, but it didn't lose mail. It said only one or two bags of mail were ever lost. And although it didn't last long in reality, it's lived for a long time in the American consciousness. You've got the story of danger and romance and the pioneering spirit and... Of course, that's what we like. And people still ride the trail today, so history lives. It sounds like kind of a fun thing to do. It kind of reminds me of the Natchez Trace and how this wild, dangerous highway becomes a lovely scenic roadway. Well, I read another story about a rider, a Pony Express rider, who was killed, and they found his bag of letters later and one of them actually made it to where it was supposed to go but that envelope is now at the National Postal Museum if you're looking for a tangible connection to the Pony Express and speaking of mail it is time for listener mail and appropriately enough we're doing real mail today First, we have a really lovely original watercolor that's from Donna in Moldova that was handmade by a local artist. And she also wrote us a letter in really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful handwriting <laughs> saying that she was a big fan and that she recently moved to the Republic of Moldova due to her husband's work. And she was hoping we could cover some of those topics because it would be utterly fascinating to walk the streets of the capital city listening to my favorite podcast, the sites which surround me. So Donna will add some to our list. 
In contrast to Donna's watercolor, we have three postcards from Technical Sergeant Elkins, who's based in Kuwait. And one of them has a bodybuilder with flames behind him. Another has a ship. And another one has hawk. So thank you for these lovely additions to our wall of letters. The bodybuilder's totally going on the wall. So if you'd like to send us some real mail, please do. If you're more of an email person, we're at History Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And you can also keep an eye on what we're researching and reading if you follow us on Twitter at Missed in History or join our Facebook fan page. And as always, check out our homepage at www.HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Missed in History Class blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.